Welcome to Love and Kink with Marley Rose and Gideon motherfucking Mazikeen. You know who the fuck we are. Fuck yeah, you do. Now you do. I know that you do and you're excited. You're excited. You're motherfucking excited. <laughs> but we're here breaking down barriers about taboo kinks and lifestyles by continuing to share the juicy details of our juicy, exploits juicy. in the LS. If this is your first listen, I promise you, go back. Go and start back. from the beginning because there's so much we've already experienced and you don't want to miss out on it. So much with video proof. <laughs> <laughs> We realize, though, that leaves certain dynamics about our relationship that we have yet to dive into. So why not now? You may already know this, especially if you watch our TikToks, but we dabble in the BDSM lifestyle. BDSM lifestyle. <laughs> so extra. <laughs> our relationship, um, you know, it's a mix of Dom, Bratty Sub, Switch, Daddy Little, sadomasochism etc yeah just to name a few um but bdsm is all of that and you know for those of you that don't know bdsm stands for bondage and discipline domination and submission sadism and masochism and well fuck we love all of that yeah all of it fucking all of it but today we will be discussing sadomasochism and i honestly sadomasochism <laughs> the little whisper you're so cute but i love it like i love it because gideon's more of a sadist he likes to hurt <laughs> more than receive but we're both like switches with that as well so like i like to hurt as well um but one of the reasons why i like i think receiving the pain mm-hmm. is just because I'm a brat, like I like being put in my place, and like if I'm told no, I don't like it, but I like the punishment, and it's it's fun. Yeah, Any time, like you act out, and it's stuff. so thrilling. I love it. Yeah, um, and I think for me, uh, the reason I love being a sadist and a masochist is. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier because we were like, well, why do we like it so much? And and it's kind of hard to pinpoint because yeah. I love when you resist, like when you when I tell you to do something and you're like, no, like do your little <laughs> no. Yeah, your little fucking like and, and it drives me nuts. And so like, oh, like I just get like this urge inside me to just put you in your place and so like i'll just manhandle you a little bit bit. Mm -hmm. what the fuck did you say and i love when you do it especially like when i am sassy to you and you just like choke me and we're like in public and stuff too i'm like oh my god like fuck you just just made my pussy throb okay but for all those stupid people that are like those people didn't consent to your guys's kink dynamic fuck you Okay. First of all, <laughs> secondly, who cares? We, yeah, we do whatever the hell we want, and I mean, to be fair, we don't do it around a shit ton of people. I mean, like, no, it's, we're very discreet about it, even if it is in public. Yeah, it's very low key, and I love it. It I adds to the excitement of like, oh, did somebody like see us? Like, yeah. oh shit, like. But it's fun. Yeah, and and so we dug into it a little bit more, and you know, on our TikToks in the past, I've gotten comments from people that are like, "Oh, you know, this has trauma written all over it." And you know what? I I will say that there's probably some truth to that. Yeah, I think that a lot of people like the things like that are 
the kinks that they're into because of trauma. It's their way of dealing with it. And people who kink shame can fucking suck a fucking toe. They can suck a fucking toe. Yeah, you don't even not get unless a you dick. have a if you don't have a foot fetish. Like if you have a foot fetish though, you're not allowed to suck. Suck a toe. on an elbow. Suck on the weenus. <laughs> <laughs> not the penis. I said the weenus. The weenus. Um. And yeah. So for like me. Yeah, I grew up in an abusive household, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately. And that isn't something that I, you know... Share cher- with everyone. Well, I mean, it is, but it's not something that I, like, cherish sharing. Yeah. If that makes it. It's not like I'm like, oh, guess what? I got my ass kicked a yeah. lot as a kid, you know? Yeah, and you're not trying to be, like, get pity from me either. No, no, no. I Yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, I've forgiven the parentals for you know their lack of knowledge of how to raise a child you know yeah, i get it they you were, were just the firstborn yeah i was the firstborn and and so there was some confusion into like how to properly discipline and things back then because remember i'm 33 mm-hmm. they were different you know and so yeah i i got spanked a lot i got actually there was a lot of a more abusive stuff that was like psychological too um probably the worst thing though was probably having to hold a two by four over my head to make sure sh- and not let it lower past my head or else I'd get whipped. And my dad actually had my younger sibling, the next oldest, Otto, after he got tired of it, because he was drunk, he asked him to take over and he left the room. And he told him, if you don't do this, you're going to get your ass kicked too. Of course, though, my brother being my brother, have my back and all, would let me rest, and I'd just be in tears, and then, like, the second he'd hear him coming, he'd be like, so I'd, like, put put it back over my head and stuff, and, you know, so that's one of the more traumatizing things I went through, or or maybe even, like, when I got caught shoplifting, he put a knife up to my wrist, like, he was going to cut my hand off, and I was like, Wow, I had no idea he did any of those things. Yeah, well, like I said, I don't really, like, talk talk about about it a ton, but when I do, I'm just like, fuck, this is why I should have been cast as Aladdin. I know what it was like to be a street rat, you know? Like, that's like the punishment you get. You get your fucking hand cut off. That's so crazy. Um, so I think for me, yeah, there is a level of it that was from the trauma that I went through. And so, you know, having more control and being in control of those things now, because I never do it to actually hurt you. Like, no, I enjoy making you hurt, but to a certain degree, right? Yeah. You know, it's never like, actually life-threatening or anything like that. He's not actually, like, abusive or anything. It's, like, it's playful fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so we do have a lot of fun with it because you do it right back to me. I I do. We were just walking up the stairs to our our apartment complex, and she just choked me out a little bit (laughs) on the way up. I don't even remember what for, but... You're just being So I know that's not always the case for everybody or why they they get into it everybody has their own different reasons but if we're gonna be honest and truthful i think for me that yeah it has something to do with some of the stuff i went through but instead of letting that control my life in a negative way i turned it into a positive thing because being in the bdsm lifestyle can be very rewarding and it also comes with a lot of communication just like the swinging thing is Mm -hmm. it opens you up to a lot of criticism yeah. You know, from other people, but like in a relationship, it's so beautiful to be able to like share those things with someone. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very beautiful. And I think too, to a certain extent that it kind of has some trauma for me as well. Why I like inflicting a little bit, but as well with receiving because I was spanked a lot as a kid. And like, if I did anything wrong, obviously, and like my parents, if 
if we cried, they would spank us harder. Or if we clenched, they would spank us harder. So like if we did anything to resist the pain, they would make it 10 times worse. So we just learned to like accept it. And I think I like getting spanked from you is because like I just learned to make it an, an enjoyable thing, you know? Well, pain and pleasure have such a threshold, but I, I hate to say it, but I was a little turned on as you were saying that they just kept spanking you if you would cry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I am a little fucked up. Maybe I should get a therapist. No, you <laughs> don't need kidding. therapy. I'm just fucking around. Um, but yeah, I, I think the spanking thing is probably one of the things that I do more of that's actually like that painful mm-hmm. right because there's not really much else like yeah i bite your ass but i always give you butt suckies yes, which he gives is me butt suckies. To kind of you know to make up for it and he'll um, kiss my butt too and stuff oh i praise your ass like no other i, I yes, worship you your your ass so much and your breasts too and everything and i do get a little aggressive with your breasts too yes, you bite them i do you and, suck a little hard sometimes and then i'll grab them so hard sometimes when i push you up against the wall especially when we're showering together mm-hmm. and you like do just something to annoy me and i'm just like shut the fuck up like or quit it god damn it <laughs> and i push you up against the wall and the face I that you make it. is always so like <gasps> yeah exactly <laughs> it's perfect um so yeah like you know we I think we both just really love it and we've turned like those traumatic things into like a good healthy thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like with tra- you know comedians with trauma they'll they just make jokes about it. Yeah, they laugh at their own like trauma cuz it's like, well I mean fuck, like it happened, but like yeah. it's so much better to like laugh about it. And so of course instead of us like crying about the shit we went through, we're more like, well, how can we make this fun? And thrilling. <laughs> and we found a way for sure. Oh yeah. Definitely. It's funny, though, because, I mean, I've always enjoyed, like, getting spanked, obviously, like, my ass slapped and stuff like that and being choked. But I've never knew that it was, like, a kink and stuff until you. Like, it's so crazy the amount of things you've taught me, like, about BDSM with, like, dom, sub, sadomasochism, like, all that stuff. Like, and aftercare, I had no idea aftercare was a thing until you. And right. I was like, wow, all these people that I've had sex with were shitty fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and that's the thing. Like, I may not be a pro. Like, I would never try to claim that, like, I'm an actual, like, dumb. You know, I didn't go to mm-hmm. school for it or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I just refer to myself as a dominant because I do know that I have a dominant personality and there's certain traits and things that I enjoy of that. But yeah like you said earlier like i'm i'm a switch i you like are. being submissive i love submitting to you like it's so sexy to me when you I take control mm. and god like when you just it's like seriously i'll i don't know if i've said this before but i'll be brushing my teeth bent over on the counter going <laughs> at it and marley will come up behind me and just start pelvic thrusting like just <laughs> slamming her pussy into my ass like she's got a cock and she's like yeah take it uh, uh, uh. and i'm just like oh. i just look back at you like oh okay like fucking stick it in me i do it in the shower too and i think one thing i really enjoy about like you as a person is like you don't have a fragile male ego like you 100 percent will let me peg you yep 
And I've we don't have a a dildo like a strap on dildo for me or anything yet. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that yet. <laughs> yet, um, but like I've put a butt plug in you and like gave you head at the same time and stuff and like yeah, it's that fun. was one of the best like, orgasms I, I've ever had. I like being able to take control over your body. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for me. And I just think that it's so. I, I get it. Not everyone is a switch or can do that. But at least for me, it just it feels good to let go of that dominant side sometimes, too, because I feel like in my everyday life. Yeah, I am always in dominant. control and doing everything. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have a space where I just get to let go of that. And yeah. from my understanding, anyway. That's the thrill of being a submissive because submissives aren't just people that are submissive in general or betas as some, as some people try to like, you know, they give that negative connotation like as yeah. an insult. And it's like, f- suck a dick, first of all. The only um, people who call people betas are the actual betas. <laughs> oh, God. I, look, I don't know uh, exactly about that, but if you're calling somebody that, it's just a little ridiculous because... I think a submissive person is someone that, like I just described, it's someone that actually is very like in control of their life and their waking everyday moments, you know, like at work and, and whatnot. Yeah. And they just like that. Release. Release, yeah, to just let go. I will say that there is people also, though, that are, they just enjoy being told what to do mm-hmm. all, in all aspects of their of their lives. and That's like me. Right. Honestly, yes. Like you're, you're definitely more submissive. Mm-hmm then you are dominant and but you're still a switch though because you like when you do become dominant it's sexy and you know what you're doing and i you mirror a lot of the things that i've done or said to you and i find it so charming because i'm just like oh this little bitch oh my gosh i do like whenever it's like i'm in like the more dominant mode I'm like, oh, you're like my sweet boy, my my precious boy. And I like, oh, I think I, I, I love praising you. I do. And that's what's like, I think really cool with being a switch is that like you can be any type of person. Right. Like, obviously, like there's a dom sub, which is the main thing for switch. But like, you can be a brat sometimes when yeah. I'm mainly a brat or like the sadomasochism we're a switch with that one too yeah because i i love being in pain as well yeah and and that's the the great thing with so with uh being a sadist and a masochist because essentially how it works for us um which in any dynamic you'll find this is that we have a safe word Mm -hmm. and i can't really think of a time that it's actually ever been said i've never ever used it in my life and neither have i i don't think that any either of us have done anything extreme enough that we were like okay like should we tell people what our safe word is yeah we can (laughs) i mean they're not going to really be a part of our sex life anyways right yeah so (laughs) um we had actually chosen this from long before and i don't even remember exactly why we we went with it i don't know either but we were in the shower having the conversation and we were just like we need a safe word and most people go for fruits right so we kind of just kind of went thing. off of that yeah so we In, just decided to go it with being like what pine, pineapple most people use that one 
we use coconut. coconut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not even sure why again, but like, yeah. So coconut is our safe word, which just means like stop, stop now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and don't do any more. Yeah. Right. And and so that's so important with that stuff, because like when you're pushing somebody's body and testing the limits. Yeah. Like it, it's I don't think. I think it's a common thing that people run into. Like you can go too far and not mean to, of course. Yeah. But that's why that is in place to ensure that the safety of everyone is is like the most important thing, right? Um, but here's where the difference lies, I think, with people that are maybe more experienced doms. Because I don't want to say that they're just fake doms. Because everyone throws around the word fake dom as if just like anyone that fucks up or says the wrong thing one time means it like oh yeah he's not a real dom because he didn't fucking articulate that exactly right yeah no i think that sometimes it is that some people just don't have the experience or haven't researched it enough just yet and so they misinterpret that but in my opinion the way that you should accept uh someone using a safe word or telling you no should be with nothing but gratitude and acceptance Mm -hmm. um and lovingness because it's like this person just opened up to you and is letting you do these things. Yeah. You know, just because they say no doesn't, shouldn't it, like affect your ego or hurt you in any way because. No, you should always attend to that person too. That's like, hey, like I use the safe word, you know, like I'm obviously not okay. Like you need to stop. And that person that is like, I guess, inflicting the pain or testing that person's boundaries and limits of the body. Um, they need to use aftercare. They need to be like, hey, are you okay? I'm sorry. Like, is there anything you need? What can I do for you? Like, you just have to check in with that person and make sure that they know that they are in a safe place, that they are loved and taken care of. Yeah. Well, and I think it goes to with like, you know, people that display frustration, you know, mm-hmm. because if someone uses a safe word or tells you no and you get frustrated, look. I get it. That's the, I understand it because I've been in that position with you where you've needed to be like, ah, I don't I don't know if we can do this. And I will say that the less you can display frustration, you shouldn't at all. It should be like, a, OK, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, let's you know, what do I need to do to adjust? But I understand this, the, the feeling because I've you know, like I said, like, I think it's normal because you get so excited and into what's going on. And then all of a sudden you're being told, like, no, no, you're like, fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, I think not displaying frustration is important because it could potentially limit, you know, the openness and honesty um, with communicating with one another. And, yeah. and I think that's such a, a big deal that, again, like communication really is key when it comes to any kind of dynamic that's involving sex yeah it is it's the big key right well and and i think people forget that and so you know definitely you know like i said i get it if you know you are super excited and then you you have to stop but it's like i think also remembering to go at the pace of the less experienced person too yeah you know. I think that's smart. Like, obviously, with me, you go at that pace because I am a lot less experienced than you are. You have years um, that you've gone through experimenting, like, the kinks and things that you're into. And it just so happens that, obviously, I'm into all those kinks as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I am still so new to, like, what these are. Right. So, yeah, he, we go at my pace, and I like it. I think it's awesome i enjoy everything that we do sexually and not sexually you know because we still have that like daddy little 
dynamic without sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think above all, just have fun and don't take yourself so seriously all the time. Yeah, I, I think it's very important because I here's the thing, like I think movies like Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. or even 365. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a it's a dramatic movie, you know, it's mm-hmm. drama, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. And then I think people take that and they're like, oh, well, that's how I need to act, you know, when I'm doing these things. But no, like, <laughs> no, yeah, no, you don't. At least for us. I don't know. Maybe it's different with other people. At least for us, we have to have that level of like laughter and fun associated with it. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, like, I don't like this. It's just even... like, I mean, it's enjoyable. But at the same time, it's like, where's the fun like yes it's thrilling but like can we have some fun too not be so serious about it like with us obviously like we have cnc stuff that we do yeah well and and that that brings up a good point is is consent Mm -hmm. and i think that even once you've been in a relationship with someone for so long i think that there's people that have like implied consent they just assume that oh well we've done this before we should be able to do this again. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, no, that it goes back to the communication thing. You you need to discuss anything that's going to happen in the bedroom. Like, you can't just tie somebody up one day, throw them down on the bed, and just because it was fun one day. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it doesn't mean that they're going to want to do that again another day. Right. I think it's kind of like sipping the tea reference yeah, when it, it comes is. to swinging. It's like you, sometimes you want to partake of the whole tea and drink it all up or sometimes you just want to sip and it's okay to not want to engage in this BDSM lifestyle mm-hmm. um, all the time. Now, that's just us. Yeah, I know that there's... do so many different things yeah, in the bedroom. I know that there's other people out there that have... Um, a, they live their life like that. It's BDSM consensual, you know... I'm your master yeah, and you're my slave type thing. And that dynamic is great. And that sounds fun. Yeah. It's not something that we would do 24 mm-hmm. seven. No, no. Um, but it is something that, you know, we like to just experiment, you know, like I, we've said this before. We're trisexuals. Yeah. Trisexuals. We'll try anything once. Yeah. And have so. a, have a good time doing it. And, and if we like it, then we'll do it more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like just the other day too, we were having this conversation with Enzo and, and Bonnie, Bonnie. Yeah, that a lot of our sex tends to be vanilla. Yeah, because it does. we're so passionate with one another, and just because we enjoy all this other BDSM stuff doesn't mean that it just rules our all all our life, our entire or sex every time, life, right? Yeah, sex life exactly. Like most of the time, honestly, we do kind of have vanilla sex. Like, we still obviously will throw, like, CNC, BDSM, like, bondage, um, all that type of stuff into it, dirty talk. But, like, a lot of the time we just have, like, passionate vanilla sex because we are so in love with each other and we like making, like, the direct eye contact and our bodies become one. Yeah, if you've never had an orgasm while making eye contact with that partner then you've never really had an orgasm. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I fucking hate people that say that. You don't know what this is if you haven't blah, 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 blah. It's like fucking shove a fucking BBC in your ass. Shut up. No. You just need to experience it though. Yeah, it's so beautiful. While like orgasming at the same time though. Mm -hmm. Like it happened to us the other day and we were just like, like 
it's awesome. It's like I love, I love coming with you. Yeah. I love looking in your eyes when you come. It's fucking, it's hot. I love it so fucking much. Like it's my favorite thing. Yeah, I know. It's so good. So, you know, when it comes to being a sadist and a masochist, obviously, you know, the pain and pleasure thing, there's a reason that that is so sexy and why people enjoy it so much. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that if you're going to engage in this type of behavior, um, vetting people is so important. And honestly, like, I personally would not just do this type of thing with someone like on a first sexual encounter. No. I just personally think that this is something that should be done with someone that you're in a relationship with um if you're brand new now if you're experienced their experience you know what's up like have at it do your thing you know i'm yeah. just speaking for the people that have never really done it don't even know how to bring it up in conversation again i always say dirty talking and i know some of you may not even know how to dirty talk i would recommend masturbating and, and dirty talking to yourself. Now, you don't need to say it out loud. At least think it. But just think it. Imagine the things that you would want to say and how you would say them. And and just introduce it a little bit at a time. But I'm telling you, if if you're having a hard time just having the conversation, I, I would at least try that, you know? Yeah. Or if you're in a super open one, then fucking just say it like, hey, baby, I... I want you to fucking slap me up while we're having sex, <laughs> you know, make a joke out of it, however, and then, you know, turn it into a more serious conversation. Because I know that there's no easy way to just open yourself up and tell someone that, hey, I've kind of got this kink where I need you to be eating cake while I masturbate. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably a thing I'm for sure someone that somewhere. That is, and yeah. there is nothing wrong with that. And And I know that we all talk a big game about you know, being so open and being great at communicating. But one of our closest friends, um, which we don't have nicknames for them, so I won't say them, but, you know, with their with their baby and everything, mm -hmm. he has said to me that people think that they're really great communicators, but when it comes down to it, they're just not. And that's so true. We we think so highly of ourselves that we're just like, oh, I, I know how to communicate everything. I'm good. Like, I promise you, you're probably not. We all struggle with communication at some point or, or the other. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, you're not alone. There's other people that go through this exact same thing. Yeah. So take it easy on yourself and, and you know, explore this type of thing with someone that you trust, mm -hmm. you know? And I promise you, once you find that someone, you're going to have so much fun. Yeah. So we understand like with the communicating aspect of like opening up about like the things that you're into or the things that you are intrigued by that want to try. And honestly, it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable. And that's why we have such a hard time with it is because no one likes to feel vulnerable. But yep. honestly, for me and you, like when you're vulnerable with me, like it, it feels awesome. Because, like, I know that you feel, like, uncomfortable, but you trust me enough to let me see that side of you. Yeah. Well, and I think also not even – okay, so, yes, I do trust that in you. But at first, the thing that I realized was that I love you so much that I just needed you to know this side of me. Yeah. And I was willing to take the risk because, look, this is make or break for me. If I can share this with her and she accepts it and and still loves me the same, then I've won. I've got nothing to lose. 
And if you would have rejected me and said, I can't, this is just not for me, I would have loved you either way. Mm-hmm. And and we would have moved on if we needed to, if that's what it would have come down to, you know, if like it was just not going to work. And I think people forget that you can do that. And it's okay to part ways with someone from a relationship if it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Stop trying to force relationships to work that... Like Ted and Robin and How I Met Your Mother. Like they knew that they were not going to be good together because Robin had her own future that had nothing to do with kids or marriage or anything like that. And that's what Ted Mosby wanted. He wanted kids in marriage and a home in like the suburbs. And she was like, I want to travel. So they split up in the show because they knew that they weren't they don't want the same things and yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and and I think that's where people have a hard time because it's like they get hung up on their first love or the first or whoever they're currently with, you know. Oh, but we have all these things and this is like you just need to remember to be honest with yourself. Yeah. You're never going to find that right person for you if you're constantly compromising things about yourself that you know are integral to who you are. Yeah. They're a big part of your genetic makeup, your psychology, whatever you want to call it. I'm telling you, it's so you're so much better off sharing this with someone and telling them, hey, I'm into this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they don't accept you for it, that's okay. You don't have to turn around and judge them for it if they're judging you. You can just simply accept that, hey, they're not my person. Exactly. And, you know, on to the next. There are such things as healthy breakups. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's important to remember that. So. Not saying that bringing up the topic of sadomasochism to someone is going to (laughs) be like, you know, relationship ending conversation. But, um, you know, if it is, just know that it's okay. And if it more than likely, they're going to be intrigued. Most Mm -hmm. people are intrigued by the BDSM world. Again, you might just need to be the jump off point, right, Mm -hmm. to get into that conversation. So I don't know, like, like. You know, like uh, Marley already said, have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously with it. And I'm sure you can get creative um, in how you're going to bring up the conversation with someone. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, you know, I think it's that time. Oh, yeah. For our favorite time of the show. Our fucking favorite time. It's Celebrity Couple Swap. Were you going to go for a really long time? Because that was my plan. I mean, I was just matching you, so I guess. That's funny. Um, so this week, um, I found out that J-Lo is no longer with A-Rod and is back with Ben Affleck. So that actually kind of works out because J-Lo. Hot as fuck. Who like... doesn't know J-Lo? And come on. We all know that I'm an ass man, so of course, she caught my attention from the very tender age of eight years old when she played Selena. Of course. Or seven years old. I could have been younger. Six years old, even. Anyway, whenever it was that that movie came out, yeah, I cried when I watched that. Um, beautiful gal, Ben Affleck. He's very attractive. Oh, my God. He's, an, he's a good-looking dude. For a white guy? For a white guy, yep. he's very attractive. Oh, you white boys, if you look like Ben Affleck, you got a shot with Marley. Come on down. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but he is. He, he's very intelligent. I admire the fuck out of him um, for all the writing and directing in the movies that he does because they're really well-made movies. And even his take as Batman, um, I think it was underrated. I don't uh, if you I don't, watched it. Uh, yeah, it's Justice League. It's the newer one. Anyway, don't worry about it. But he's done a lot of 
cool stuff. And any interview that I've ever seen with him, I just like his personality. And I see why it would mesh well with J-Lo's because J-Lo is a little extra, mm-hmm. but she's earned that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's beautiful gal. But the couple we decided to swap them with is... um Gwen Stefani and obviously, you know, Blake Shelton. They're very Yee-haw! publicly known from them being judges on The Voice. Yeah. was like their most recent thing, I'm sure. I don't think Gwen's on it anymore, actually. I think Ari replaced her. Ariana Grande. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really keep up with the show. Not since I kind of do, even though I don't I watch it. <laughs> well, not since I've been out of prison. Like in prison, we used to watch that. I loved watching it with my dad. It was one of my favorite things to do as a child. Yeah, while you were watching it with your dad, I was watching with the dude that beat someone to death. Okay, then. <laughs> okay, then. Um, but Gwen Stefani, obviously, like, yes, they're, she's an older woman. And so is J-Lo. But they both look very beautiful. I think Gwen is very attractive for as old as she is, I feel like. Yeah, I, she, I don't know how old she is, she's, but she's older. Uh, yeah, I don't know either, but she's aged very well. She's still very beautiful. And still a beautiful singer mm-hmm. and i did like her on the voice and i i loved she's like so the way she's that quirky. her and blake shelton were together they're cute and they have a such like such a cute relationship in my opinion and like that they would just poke fun at each other too like on the voice it just yeah. reminds me of like you and me honestly well, yeah I, honestly i saw an article where they still act like newlyweds and they've been um dating for as long as they have and i'm like that's seriously how i feel like with, with you all the yeah. time so i feel like <laughs> if these four couples all got together it would be a very nice balance yeah, honestly it would blake shelton's a fucking hottie like he like you can tell he's aged obviously but like fuck like i'd let him hit it like Blake's a hottie, like in his country okay, voice. Okay, 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 Blake. If you're if you're ever listening to this, please <laughs> let's make that happen. I would pay money to see. Okay, no, maybe I wouldn't pay money to see it, but I would definitely love to see that happen. That would be um, crazy. And Gwen Stefani, yeah, she's so oh, she's she's so beautiful. And I again, I've gushed and loved her since she was in No Doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all them as a foursome honestly like this is the first couple swap where i'm like i feel very strongly that it would just go very well i feel like ben affleck and blaze shelton would just vibe very well and would be yes. high-fiving each other in like the middle of everything that oh was my happening. God. <laughs> <laughs> they have that same personality they're just kind of like dorky but it's like funny dorky yeah well and and like i said i feel like uh ben affleck like his the, the intelligence that he has and what he brings to just regular conversation. It's just, it's so deep. But so is Blake Sheldon's. Cause even though he's quirky, like he's a, he's a smart dude. Anyone that understands music the way that, well, JLo, Gwen and Blake all do. It, that's not an easy thing to like be good at, you know, and they're mm-hmm. great at it. And I feel like Ben Affleck with his writing and directing and all of that, like he's very artistic himself. That's why all of these celebrities, honestly, that we do couple swaps with, that's why they work so well. Like they're all kind of on that same wavelength of understanding, you know? Yeah, so, I agree. Wow. This is like the bit longest rant that I've personally have had on any couple that we've <laughs> wanted to do a I swap. I think it is, honestly. Uh, I really? I do. I feel like it's this one's been a little bit more in depth and not just completely superficial. Yeah. Okay. That's that, fair. That, that's more what I'm saying. That's like personality wise, I feel like these, because I've grown up with these people. So I've, you know, seen them for a long time. So. Yeah, that's this week's Celebrity Couple Swap.
and dorks. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this week. Um, Short and simple. It it really is. But remember to make sure that you, um, what's it called? On social media. Subscribe. Yes. (laughs) Subscribe. um, Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. Just because that's what Gideon says all the time. Um, Leave a review. Cooper and Sophia. I know. Franklin. Caller Daddy. Would always say. But leave a review. um, Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to our OnlyFans because why the fuck not? Or hot as fuck. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, leave a review and then a rating if you guys are down for it. Yeah, we, we appreciate all that stuff. So yeah, thanks again for tuning in on Love and King with Marley Rose and Gideon Mazikeen. We'll see you next time. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>